welcome to Flourish with Trish, a podcast dedicated to the curious and creative. Working with like-minded women chasing their dreams is something I have always been passionate about. Being a freelance photographer who specializes in creating content for women-run businesses means that no two days are the same. Every day I'm learning, every day I'm inspired, and every day is exciting. It's a real privilege being able to spend my days with passionate women in their respective fields. The knowledge each of these women share with me in the short time that we have together is incredibly inspiring and deserves to be shared with a wider audience. So here we are. From thought-provoking conversations to personal life stories and everything in between, I can't wait to introduce you to some of the beautiful women who have inspired me. My hope is that this podcast ignites a fire within and inspires you to live a life full of passion and purpose. Let's flourish together. This month is dedicated to hormones. And who better to dive deep with me than my dear friend, Ree, who is also known as the hormonal yogi. Just as the seasons are ever-evolving, we too are in a constant state of change, riding that wonderful (laughs) hormonal ebb and flow wave that we like to call our menstrual cycles. If you too were born with a womb, you'll know firsthand how our bodies fluctuate throughout the month depending on which season we're in. And I'm going to let Ree discuss a little bit more about the seasons later on. Ree is a certified fertility awareness method educator, as well as a yoga teacher, who believes that our menstrual cycles hold a unique code for self-care. Ree is passionate about normalizing the conversation and creating a new narrative on the subject matter, and works to teach women how to better understand their bodies, their cycles, and themselves. Ree speaks quite candidly about how menstrual cycle awareness is a mindful practice that guides you towards a more empowered way of living that allows you to further cultivate a beautiful relationship with yourself. This episode is not only educational and inspiring, I believe that it's crucial when it comes to breaking down the stigmas and shame associated with hormones, periods, menstrual cycles, and our bodies. I believe this topic of conversation is imperative when it comes to raising the next generation of human beings. If we all understand each other a little bit better, we can all have a little bit more compassion for each other. You'll want to stick around to the bitter end too, because Re is debunking some of the greatest myths associated with fertility, your period, and PMS. Like, for example, can you get pregnant when you're on your period? Do women's cycles actually sync when we're together? You'll have to listen to find out, and I can guarantee you that some of the answers might shock you. So what are we waiting for, guys? Let's dive right in. So let's start off. You, okay, best way to get this, I was going to ask you a question, but you want to ask me a question first. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I thought it would be great to start off with, well, Basically telling each other what day of the cycle we're on and how we're actually feeling. Okay. What day of the cycle I'm on? I am on day six. Oh, hello, day six. Hello, day six. How are you feeling today? Light and energetic, (gasps) if I'm really honest, because I think as soon as I'm done my period, I'm just like, the sweet release, I feel, I don't know, Mm. I just feel energetic. I feel good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so nice. Should I be feeling that way? (laughs) Well, you feel how you feel, right? But I'd say, uh, yeah, like traditionally that kind of follows the model of moving through the seasons, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So it sounds like you're kind of in your spring, which is, or just entering into your spring at least. 
Yes. For me, I'm spring is really hard and I struggle to transition from menstruation to my inner winter into right. my inner spring. I'm on day two at the moment, so I'm bleeding. Yeah. I just started yesterday. And oh, how am I feeling today? Yeah, how are you feeling? I'm, I mean, you're glowing, if oh, I'm being completely I'm looking at you. I love the color you're in. You're glow <laughs> you are glowing. <laughs> Thanks, Trish. So winter looks good um, on you, honey. <laughs> yeah, I know. My spring, not so good. Okay. But um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like mildly scattered, actually, but in in the sense of the the kind of scattered feeling where you put conditioner on before shampoo or you <laughs> yes. walk into a room with intention and then you're like, what am I doing in here? You know, what, what am I here for? Right. So it's, it's not, it's not like discombobulating. I feel peaceful and almost, I guess, more of like a dreamy kind of state. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which again is very, a wonderful energy source that you can tap into when you're bleeding. You can, if you've cleared the space yeah. and you're in tune with it, then you can really sort of go into this realm of really intuitive, deep self-connection. And so I'm, yeah, I'm kind of in a bit of a floaty, ooh, what's going to happen kind of place. It's oh nice. my God. I, I need to tap into this because I feel like my day one, day two and my winter, I don't love. Mm -hmm. I don't love. What is it that you don't love about Um <laughs> I, I feel really bloated. Mm. I feel very heavy. My day one particularly is um, painful. Mm -hmm. um, probably shouldn't be, but it's just, I don't, I don't enjoy that. Mm. But before we go into the seasons and we really dive into this, because I do want to explore this. I'm sure there are women probably listening who are like, I don't know what day of the cycle that I'm mm. on. And I mean, when you're going for your, I guess, yearly, it's not yearly over here now, is it? It's every three-year pap smear. They're like, when was the first day of your last cycle? Yeah. And you'll sit there like, what? I don't know. <laughs> and so can you just bring it back down to basics mm -hmm. about how you find out what day of your cycle you are on? You know what, Trish? It is so simple. Okay. The first day you start bleeding, the first day of full flow, so okay. not spotting, not right. like kind of brown blood or little patches. Actual flow is day one. That's and it. you just count on from there. And then when you start your next bleed, your last cycle has ended. You're now on day one again. So you can look back and be like, oh, this is how many days my menstrual cycle was. The whole thing. Because right. that's... So day one of your, the, the day you bleed is the day one, first day it's of your It's day one. It's the start of a new cycle. Yeah. And I think that's, it's a really interesting one because so many people refer to their menstrual cycle as their period. And that's an important distinction to have because a period is the time that you bleed, which, mm -hmm. you know, it varies for, for everybody, but say somewhere between three and seven days is a healthy kind of range for bleeding. Yeah. And your menstrual cycle is the entire thing because the bleed itself is the result of ovulation. Yeah. The central point of the cycle, what it's all about. So the bleeding is like the completion and you're starting again sort of thing. But we really focus in on the yeah. period and say, oh, my period, when we're actually referring to maybe, you know, the, the, the bit just before our period or halfway through the cycle. So it's interesting. But yeah, because I feel like for a long time, you know, in school, they teach you about your menstrual cycle and you think your menstrual cycle is literally just the, the days period, that yeah. you bleed. Mm -hmm. That's not true. 
no, it's <laughs> it's your menstrual cycle is the whole thing. Your period is is a is a phase, the menstruation phase. It's a part of it. I, it's we think of it as the result of so when ovulation. You say you're menstruating, what does that mean? It means you're bleeding. It means that your endometrium, the lining of your uterus, is shedding. And all of that blood and all the cells that have proliferated to build that nice cushy home for an egg to mm-hmm. implant is now breaking down and releasing through the vagina. Right. Mm-hmm. For the next cycle. Yeah. And right. then you're going to start growing and building that uterine lining again through the help of our good friends, estrogen and progesterone. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and isn't this crazy? You know, the more and more I've, I'll be honest, I, my mom was very, great at explaining this as a little girl she would go that she had books and i swear she you know tactic like tactically would lay them out for me to find when it was the like the, even when i was young mm. and i would ask questions about my body and what what, what that is and That's where does so that good. come from oh so honestly good. yeah i i realize actually i mean it's my normal but i realize now how open-minded she was mm. to it compared to some of you know my my girlfriends who don't have that relationship with their body or mm. aren't comfortable even saying the word vagina. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> or period. Or and I think that's um yeah, this is why I want you to be here today, Ree, is because I want to kind of break the kind of um what's the word I'm looking for? The the stigma. Yes. And the, the taboo. The yeah. taboo. It's all to me, it's all about normalizing this conversation. You know, yeah. making it so that honestly Trish I was just walking here doing a a voice note to my friend saying I'm doing this podcast today and I'm really nervous and I've just started my period and I walked past a guy doing some construction (laughs) and the the look that he gave me was he was embarrassed you know sort of the shocked look and I don't care I bring up yeah my cycle in most conversations to be honest I've got no shame because why should I it's my body and it's, it's, it's what I experience. It's part of my life, you know. And it's, it's what burst that construction worker. 100%. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah. there's, there's no shame. There's nothing dirty or bad, you know. We're conditioned to see it that way. Yeah. And I am just so passionate about bringing that conversation into normality, you know, mm. for everybody, not just women and girls. Mm-hmm. Everybody should have an understanding of this because it's such an integral part of life. Yeah. And it is something that has been, you know, conditioned to be seen as a taboo and to be laced in shame. Yeah. And that's really damaging, you know, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's something I want to be a part of driving change in. Yeah. You know. Well, that kind of is a great segue into you know, tell us a little bit about you, Ray, and tell us why you kind of what led you to the path that you're on right now, and and um, allowed you to be so passionate about this whole world of hormones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, okay, so oh, I mean, where do you begin? It's so <laughs> complex, and like with anything meaningful, it's so layered. But yeah, for me personally, I have. I've had such a journey with my mental health. I have really struggled with my mental health, anxiety, depression, body image issues, generally sort of just self-acceptance, you know, actually accepting myself for who I am. Um, The way that I learned to see myself was through my physical body. That was where the value was held. That was what was important. Um, And when I 
when I started experiencing hormonal imbalance, which I'd never really even thought of before or had any kind of understanding of, and my world got turned upside down because my health was suddenly not functioning, you know, and I was and how, also living... How old were you? This was around my 29th birthday. Okay. Because prior to that, I'd been on the hormonal um, contraceptive pill mm-hmm. from like age 15. And it's so interesting because now... I can see that this, the, the, my struggles with mental health, um, began around menarche, which is the first time that we have our period is the first bleed, the, the first cycle that we have. Okay. Um, and from then on, just so many struggles over the years, it's taken so many different shapes and forms, but at the core of it is just this real inability to accept the way that I look and, who I am. And when my body started to really scream out for my attention, because I hadn't been ovulating for years because I'd been suppressing it through hormonal birth control. Right. Cause that's what, what that does. <laughs> that's what hormonal birth control does. I wasn't connected to myself intuitively or spiritually. And I treated my body like shit, to be honest. You know, I drank so much alcohol. I took a load of drugs. I didn't sleep well. I didn't eat well. Mm. And mentally, you know, the, the, the thinking around my body was just so damaging and harmful. I lived in a world of comparison. I just compared myself to everybody. And mm. obviously I wouldn't ever, you know, I couldn't measure up and it's had a huge impact on my life. It's, I've stood in my own way, you know, endless times and this perfectionist thinker was born. And obviously we've got to factor in some of this is genetics. Some of this is conditioning from family dynamics. It's society at large. You know, mm-hmm. I'm certainly not alone in struggling with body image issues um, and self-acceptance. But when I really was brought to my knees with depression and anxiety and my body started to, it felt like it was failing me, but really it was saying, hey, hey, you need to pay attention. Like we're not okay anymore. I entered into this world of exploring the cycle because I'd gone to the doctor looking for a different hormonal birth control. Right. And when I mentioned using a natural cycle, essentially he kind of said, well, you're playing with fire if you do that. And that kind of triggered something in me. Also the fact that I'd gone to doctors over the years, countless times, because my pills were never working for me. I always had irregular bleeding and yeah. And my my mental health was just so up and down. And obviously I didn't have the education or the information to know that mental health and the menstrual cycle are inextricably linked massively. Um, so I came away from this appointment, you know, after a million different appointments, feeling like there's got to be another way to do this. And, and how can it be playing with fire? And I had a friend who'd also been naturally cycling and using it as a contraceptive method for a long time. So she really guided me towards some resources. And then I was just flying because once I actually started to pay attention to my cycle and my experiences, this incredible thing happened. I shifted from judgment to curiosity. And along that journey, I learned to become more self-compassionate and I learned self-acceptance. And I got to this place of, 
now I understand my body. Now I've got some body literacy. I'm, I'm empowered. You know, I know what's actually going on for me. And it's just been the most amazing thing that has mm. ever happened. I've been through therapy, life coaching, just endless, endless searching for self-help resources because I'm very proactive about my mental health. You know, I want to understand myself. I have a moon in Gemini, so, you know, it's all about information. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a light bulb moment and it hasn't been easy. It's no. taken a long time to get really into grips with things because when I started this, I was in the, I, I was just in such a difficult time in my life, a really dark time that it, it really pulled me out of it. Yeah. Wow. It's been, it's been really empowering. It's, and I, I think that's the key here is the empowerment that it gives you. I mean, mm. I have been doing natural cycles now for eight years. Mm, good for you, Trish. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, it is empowering knowing that what, like that listening to your body and knowing when it's doing certain things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't know half of what, you know, I'm still like, you know, scratching the surface with this, but when you start doing some reading into why your body does this or, you know, like there are specific things that I didn't even realize, like your cervix is higher at certain times mm -hmm. when, and then it's lower and your mucus fluid is completely different when, mm -hmm. you know, you're, when you're ovulating versus when you're not. And mm -hmm. these are conversations that truthfully, I feel like some friends are open to having that conversation and some friends are like, Oh Christ, I, like, I can't go there. And mm -hmm. it's, that's fine. That's fine. And you know, that that's okay. That's they're in a different place. But I just, for me, it's my body. And if I can't talk about those very basic functions that my body is doing every single day, every single month, without me even thinking about it, my gosh, like, how can we not want to know and understand ourselves better? And how can, how can we connect with other people if we don't do that? You know, we have this shared experience and society, historically, culturally, has, has, kept it silent and hidden you know patriarchy doesn't want us to be tapped into this power it doesn't serve the patriarchy for us to live intuitively and with this sense of uh, this sense of what we actually have available to us and how we can take charge of our lives like we're never in control no one's in control but what we are is in charge of how we respond to the world around us and our mm. lives and we have agency but we have been taught conditioned and led into a way of a belief system that this isn't something we should share and talk about and it should be kept hidden and private because it's dirty or it's embarrassing the amount of people that I talk to and I still I notice their body language shift or they'll they'll lower their voice when it's they mention shame. something like it is shame yeah but it's in it's absolutely inherently shame because that's how it all functions you know yeah um and it's again taboo it's all about breaking that mm -hmm. that barrier down normalizing the conversation and in, and in creating a new narrative because we need to change things and the the amazing thing is that it is changing we are moving mm -hmm. this is happening now mm. um the attitudes and the relationship our relationships to our cycles is changing. Mm -hmm. um, 
which is, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. And I just hope that future generations, we won't even need to have this conversation no. because it will just be so normal yeah. to express where you're at in your period, what your menstrual experiences are for you. And it won't be met with any kind of judgment yeah. it, from internally or externally. Right? Do you know what I always just thought? And I, I know I'm probably going on a bit of a tangent here, but like, why is sex ed in school taught girls on one side, like separately. Because mm. I feel like there's a lot of things we learned in sex ed and didn't learn in sex ed, mm -hmm. which is like literally one topic in grade nine. And it's like, okay, we've done that. Tick that box. Yeah, let's go. We absolutely. don't want to talk about it anymore. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the teachers probably found it embarrassing too. Yeah. yeah. But like, surely if we want people to understand boys too, mm. We should probably all be in the same room, no? So that we can understand, can understand us better. hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I, this is a whole other topic with I the know. schooling system, <laughs> but like, it's so archaic, you yeah. know, it's so archaic and things do need to change. And it, like I said a moment ago, it, it is shifting and changing, mm -hmm. but absolutely the education starts even as young. I mean, I'm a, I'm a nanny, you know, I, yeah. I look after really young children and I talk about my cycle. There is absolutely... I make sure that the parents are okay with it so yeah. that we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. But it is something that happens to 50% uh, of the population. You know, those who are born with a womb are most likely going to go through having a menstrual cycle several times in their <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> yes. And it, it's really important that it just becomes a normalized thing. It's the same with you know, people being able to talk about their body parts, understanding the difference between a vagina and a vulva and that they're not the same thing. Yeah. No. And not being like, oh, my you know my muffin you know what I mean like yeah. what's a muffin no like, I, I, you have a vagina darling <laughs> like, <laughs> let's talk about your vagina <laughs> oh god I love this I actually love this um I want to know this obviously you're very passionate about what you do I can see it you are mm. you are hormonal yogi you know <laughs> you really really are you embody everything about that why is it important to you mm. <sighs> because the way that I see things, and since I tapped into this journey of um, menstrual cycle awareness, this practice of actually paying attention to my cycle and understanding how I feel each day of my cycle, I started to see the world differently. And I really shifted into this perspective of understanding sustainability. I also, around the same time, I discovered yoga and started practicing yoga, did my yoga teacher training. I just saw this beautiful marriage between these two practices, which are essentially both mindfulness practices. And I could see that, hold on a moment, if we, if we work on cultivating a relationship with ourselves that is deeply coded with self-love and acceptance and peace, mm -hmm which those two modalities both, both bring, then that's going to permeate out from us into our relationships with other people, our relationships with society at large, our relationship with the planet. You know, mm -hmm. I care so deeply about shifting towards more sustainable practices in every area of life. And I think it starts with you. You know, it starts with the individual. You've got to have that solid relationship with yourself. And back to my journey with mental health, I didn't. My relationship with myself was terribly fragile and it mm. crumbled all the time. 
And I'd have to pick myself up piece by piece and just kept going through this, this way of living that wasn't ever getting me. I was never thriving. I was surviving. Mm. And if we look at nature, if we look at the natural world, which we absolutely need to start respecting and living in alignment with, that is what the cycle teaches us to do. It teaches us to look at the natural world because there is your perfect example of sustainability. Nothing blooms all year. Nothing is go, go, go in this linear line. Things die. They regenerate. They grow. They absolutely manifest. And then and then it repeats all over again. You know, decay happens, it dies, we start again. And we are just like that, especially mm. those of us with what we call an infradian rhythm, okay. which is as women or um, as people with... Um, menstruating bodies we move through a rhythm due to our sex hormones and this is like a 28 day-ish kind of rhythm we also have our circadian rhythm which is you know you wake with the sun you sleep with the moon this is men's rhythm we have this but what men don't have is the infradian rhythm which is this beautiful wavy kind of relationship of of hormones mm-hmm. you know, the cycle in, impacting the body and our thoughts and our behavior and our our hunger our appetite our sleep everything they have an impact on everything that itself when you look at a graph of it it mirrors this sort of cyclical beautiful ending and beginning pattern mm-hmm. um so to me it's that beautiful mirroring within nature, the, the tapping into how can I be more sustainable with myself? Because if you understand your rhythms, which you will learn through practicing menstrual cycle awareness, the act of paying attention to your cycle and how you feel every day. When you learn that rhythm, you start to see patterns and you start to see cyclical experiences that most likely are going to show up around the same time every month. So it's somewhat predictable. Yeah. What an incredible resource that is to know that around this time in my cycle or around day, whatever, I'm likely to have these kind of thoughts. I'm likely to have these kind of needs. This is likely to be my experience. Then we can cater to that. Obviously, we can't be in complete control of that because life happens. And it's normal. Like hundred (laughs) percent. That's also like I feel like I the you know the friends that I have these conversations with when they feel like they're in this real fog, and things are heavy and you know, life can be hard. Life Mm, can be difficult. Absolutely. And I feel like if they would to were to lean into this, this actually is a great like segue into my next question for you because I love why it's important to you and I think that it should be important to everyone. Mm. You know, um, because we could probably. Um, make life a little bit easier on ourselves if we understood ourselves better. Absolutely. You know, if we could work in harmony with our bodies Mm -hmm. and understand why we feel certain ways. And you've kind of touched a little bit on the different seasons that we have, our spring, our summer, our winter, our fall, autumn, Mm. darling. Um, (laughs) I'm in England now. Um, And and I think that, you know, what I really admire about you is that since we started working together when we were doing photo shoots or when we were even having meetings Mm. um, to arranging this podcast, you very much are like, Oh, hold on. I need to check what day I'm going to be in my cycle Mm -hmm. because you know, there are different times in your cycle when you feel more energetic, Mm -hmm. more creative, more lethargic in your fog, whatever. Mm -hmm. So can you, I mean, obviously there's a way that we can, as women, if we lean into that, it's Mm -hmm. our superpower. 
right? Absolutely. It doesn't have to be our kryptonite. That can be our, it's our superpower. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to us what those seasons are mm. and how we can use them to better ourselves? Absolutely. Yeah. So we kind of have the archetype cycle of the external seasons. We all know, we all know, as you just said, we move through winter, spring, summer, autumn. And we know that there are certain, there are certain things that happen in each of those seasons. Mm-hmm. And when we're in those seasons, we adapt, you know, we're not going to be walking around in a bikini in winter or, you know, no <laughs> snow boots in summer. True. We, we feel differently in those seasons. So with menstrual cycle awareness, what, what this does is tap into internal seasons that we have because of the uh, ebb and flow of the hormones throughout the cycle. They have different impacts on our mood and our energies and you you can see that this when you start to track it and and follow it you can see that this mirrors the seasonal world mm-hmm. um so you have this kind of internal landscape right mm-hmm. which the cycle acts as a compass you can move through them and it is the most important thing about this work and this practice is you can go and read every book about menstruation and you can read about menstruality, which is this practice, menstrual cycle awareness. The fundamental key piece is that it is what's normal for you, which is why the tracking and the paying attention is the only way you're going to get to that information. Mm-hmm. I started this practice being like, okay, right. So winter is like day one, two, seven. Okay, great. And I'm supposed to feel this, this, and this, and this is what I should do because I have perfectionist tendencies, right? And I right. really want to be in control. So I have to like follow it to a T. Okay. And this is what I meant earlier when I was touching upon how it's taken me a long time to get to this place. And now I've got it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I totally get this now. You just see how you feel. And you can't, you can't do more than you can do about it, right? So as we move through the seasons, we have this internal winter where hormones are at their lowest point. And as you said before, generally, you know, we might feel way more tired, fatigued. We might feel sad, like Mm. a lower kind of vibration. And that's because, yeah, your body is actually working really hard to detoxify, to empty that lining and create space for a new home to be built inside your womb. Yeah. Like I genuinely want to be in a cave when when I'm like that. And energetically, (laughs) that's what's available to us. Because in wintertime, you look at the earth, right? Mm. You look outside, it's it's barren, it's still, it's it there's no life really happening. And you you look at the soil, you know, it looks lifeless to begin. What's going on is all internal. It's right. all going on deep under the ground. There's a lot of regeneration happening. There is life is preparing to start again. Mm-hmm. So if we don't take that time, if nature doesn't take that time to pause and rest, nothing is going to grow again. Nothing is going to create that sustainable cycle of 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 moving forward into manifesting mm-hmm. again. And with our internal seasons. Winter is for most or for many a wonderful opportunity to do that. For me, I'm really mentally awake and active, but my body is really tired. And that's going to be dependent on how I've, what I've done in the previous cycle. Like how busy has my life been? How stressful has my life been? Where has, where have I been needed to show up? Um, and so when we get to winter, it's this real opportunity to pause. sit with yourself, go into that dreamlike state, start fantasizing, dreaming, like, what do I want to call in for myself? Where do I want to go with this next cycle? 
Or have I just had like so much going on that I really need to just stop? Mm. and carve out your that time for yourself which is so important because if we don't take that time then we burn out right you know yeah. we can't we can't move into that thrive state which is where we we see around ovulation so through you know moving through winter into spring this is the time when we see emergence and this is where I'm just heading right spring yeah, currently you're Day six, six yeah if you finish bleeding you you likely but again it's it's an energy thing like yes we can so we can look at the cycle in sort of two ways of We've got our fertility awareness where we're really looking at the hormones and we're looking at how they impact the cervix and the endometrium, so mm-hmm. the inside of the womb. And they create what's called biomarkers. So things we can visibly see, like our blood quality and our cervical mucus and the position of your cervix, mm-hmm. to see where we're at in the cycle because we've got phases of the cycle. We've got four phases, which we may have all learned about in school, but it was just so dull and clinical <laughs> and not relatable that, yeah. I don't know, I didn't take any of that on board. I just came away being like, oh, I'm going to get pregnant. Oh my God. So yeah. when we think of it in terms of these, these inner seasons, um, w- they're matched up with those phases for most people. That might not be how it is for everybody. Some people might not experience a wintry kind of energy when mm-hmm. they're bleeding. Maybe yeah. they'll feel really energized. It, again, you have to pay attention to learn this. So back to the cycles. As we move through winter, we come into spring and just like you see in the natural world, you know, things start to shoot up from the ground. It's budding. Exactly. There's a bit of life, but it's also a time of playfulness and, um, you know, that kind of spontaneity so for a lot of people, they start to feel awakened, uh, a sense of, of renew, and it's a tricky season for a lot of us, though. We have to sort of tread carefully. I kind of have this real visual when I think of my spring as, you'll know this from being in Canada, where obviously you get actual snow, yes. <laughs> so we don't get it. Yes. <laughs> and when, when the snow is starting to melt and it's no longer you know dense and packed, when it becomes kind of watery mm-hmm. and you put your foot through the snow and then you lift your foot and you can see, you can see the, the earth or maybe grass underneath and it's like damaged and welty. And it's mm-hmm. this really kind of fragile state, right? Mm-hmm. It hasn't found its strength and, and risen up yet. So it's a time to really move slowly. We come out of winter where we hopefully we've taken some time to rest, to really just surrender to life and be like, I'm taking time for me mm-hmm. and I'm just going to pause and get reset again. And then as we move through spring, this, this sort of energy starts to grow. It's because estrogen is rising and estrogen is a proliferative hormone. It makes us feel that excitement feeling, it's getting our body ready to reproduce. And as we move through spring, we come into summer, that hormone estrogen is rising to its peak levels. And so we can start to feel really well, summary, right? You know, really abundant and bright and shining and productive and energetic. Energetic. Yeah. And it's a time when we've got the most to give, right? It's it's a time when we can be generous with our energy yeah. because we've got it available. Like these hormones are working together to, to reach this peak in the cycle. Your egg's going to be ovulated and we are at our most creative state, literally, because we've just created an egg in our bodies which can potentially turn into life Mm -hmm. this most amazing amazing intelligent system that we have and then we shift into our autumn and
Um, this is a time where we, we have to return back to ourselves. So we think of winter as our home, coming back inward and internal energy, going in, reflecting, sitting with stuff, being still. Autumn is our call back. So we might not be able to like rush straight back there, but we need to start thinking about, okay, what do I need to harvest here? What do I need to gather and collect? What needs to come to completion before yeah. I can go into my little slumber again and, yeah. and find that time for rest, ready to start all over again. And how people feel in, in these seasons is just so individual. You know, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, when I'm in my autumn, I am so focused. I am so focused and able to just work. It's almost a little bit obsessive, really. I kind of, I could be sat at the computer for like 12 hours and be like, what? I haven't moved because I've been like, boom, like laser focused, mm, laser focused. But the week prior when I'm ovulating, all I care about is socializing. I just want to talk to people. I just want to be out like (laughs) having fun. I don't want to work. I don't want to do anything. But for some people, this is a really productive time. So it, again, I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, you're in your winter. This is how you feel. This is what you should be experiencing. No. And I imagine you need to discover what you're going to experience because you are in charge of you. Right. And I imagine too, like no two cycles are the same. Like, can you be feeling sometimes on your, in your summer, you might be really energetic and want to socialize. And then the next time you might feel really energetic, but you feel laser focused. Like there's no two are the same, right? Like we are in flow. Is that true? Yeah. Or, yeah. And that's it. If we're living intuitively, yeah. you know, then we're living in flow. Cycles generally do take, this is what's so amazing about them and why they can be capitalized as a, as a resource for mm. self-care, you know, a tool for managing your life as best you can, because there is predictability. There is a pattern that, that, that surfaces when you pay attention to it. But Life is also happening at the same time. And if there is something that's going to impact your cycle, oh boy, is it stress. Like Mm. stress is huge Mm -hmm. as well as everything, diet, lifestyle, sleep. All of these things impact your hormones. These hormones impact your energy. Yeah. So there's this kind of spiritual, intuitive way of looking at it. But biologically, this process is on repeat unless, of course, something has happened to interrupt the process. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a sense, we can expect to kind of feel the same way, but this is where mindfulness has so much value because if you're practicing mindfulness and taking that pause, which menstrual cycle awareness invites us to do, take a pause. What day am I on? How am I feeling? What's happening for me? It gives us that moment to, to then see clearly, you know, what, where am I actually at? Because we're not the same every single day and Mm -hmm. society teaches us to be Society tells us we must just keep going and working and producing and just do, 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 rather than actually, what if we just took a moment to reset, regenerate and see what that pause then enables us to bring out the next time, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's amazing. Like, you know, you kind of mentioned earlier on when we were in the beginning of the, of the, of the episode about how, you know, when, if you're on birth control, how you're not ovulating, Mm. I'll be honest. That wasn't like when you go on birth control at 16 or 15 or however old it is, doctors don't tell you what it's physically going to do to your body. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize you just weren't ovulating. I mean, it makes sense to me now. Mm. So if you're not ovulating, sorry, this just stuck in my head. Mm -hmm. If you're not ovulating when you're on birth control, 
what is happening to your eggs? Where are they going? What's the, they're not being developed and they're not being grown. So you're, you're born with all your eggs. Right. And when a cycle is at the beginning of a cycle, you basically have this relationship between brain and ovary. You've got brain hormones and you've got ovarian hormones. And at the beginning of a cycle, the brain is essentially going to say to the ovaries, okay, guys, you need to start, you've got a bunch of eggs in there. Let's start growing them. Let's start um, getting them ready for the chosen one, essentially, yeah. because one will be selected, a dominant um, follicle, which is what the egg is grown inside. Okay. So within the ovary, sorry, I didn't explain that very clearly. Within the ovary, you've got a bunch of follicles. And okay. in those follicles are those potential eggs that are going to grow. Right. As those follicles are growing, you're producing estrogen. So estrogen is going to rise as that follicle grows. This information is fertility awareness. And this is, we are not taught this. No. It is not explained in any kind of tangible way so that you can understand that's what's going on in my body every single month. So yeah, essentially that egg, if, if you're not ovulating, which isn't every single hormonal, hormonal birth control, but many of them like the, the pill, yeah, it suppresses that, that brain ovary communication so that the brain is not going to send that message to the ovaries and say, okay, it's start of a new cycle. Let's start getting an egg ready. So nothing's going to happen. So essentially it just puts them to your ovaries to sleep. Mm, keeps them in a, in a ovarian quiescent state, like dormant. So, and so wow. without that ovulation process happening, because really it should be called the ovulation cycle because that's the main event. It's all about ovulating. Menstruation is just the result. It's just, oh, I didn't implant an egg, so I don't need this anymore. Now this is waste. I have to detox it from the body. It's just a part of the system. Um, when, when we're not getting that beautiful incline, that rapid incline of estrogen, mm -hmm. which then it, it's a little complex to go into now, but then we'll, we'll start producing progesterone in the next part of the cycle. We're not getting all of these health benefits because estrogen and progesterone in school, we're taught estrogen, progesterone. These are the two, um, hormones involved in the menstrual cycle. And, um, basically there's an egg somewhere in there and you can get pregnant. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, Practice abstinence. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. <laughs> there's nothing that actually says if your body is producing sufficient amounts of estrogen, it's going to have an impact on your bone health, your heart health, your blood health, your skin health, basically everything. And we look at women and the leading disease that's killing women is, is heart disease. Mm. And bone disease is prolific in, in mature women too. Because we're living in a, a time where we just, we suppress or just band-aid everything with medication rather than actually understanding or learning how things work naturally or getting to the root cause of stuff, which is why we have so many menstrual health problems too. You know, yeah. this whole relationship between the institutions that condition us, the medical world, the schooling world, the media, it, it doesn't provide this platform to actually tell us where what's going on you know how to understand your body so that you have body literacy mm. and that then you can choose it, it, it's informed consent basically you know you went to the doctor you didn't have any of this explained to you I was 29 when I actually and I'd always had that question in the back of my head saying is it good to be taking the pill for 10 years like yeah I had to take pills back to back sometimes if I don't want to have a period. Uh, and that was something that genuinely I remember doctors saying to me, oh, if you're, if you're going away on a holiday, yeah. just double up on your just, period and just you skip won't it. get it. Yep. That is fucked up. Yeah. I said to a doctor once, like, <laughs> is it okay for me to do that? Is it healthy and bad? And she kind of went, mm, 
it's fine. And that didn't fill me with confidence, but... But do you know what? I honestly... Do they even know? Like, I'm not trying to take anything away from doctors, but do they know? Because mm. if this is something that has been suppressed for so many years and not talked about or, you know... I just feel like there's like a lack of, of education knowledge in this. And I mean, surely they should, they should know mm. because if they're going to be prescribing things, Oh God, I, I can go down a whole, yeah, well, I, I think here, that's but. the, that's the, um, the framework of the medical, the Western medical world, yeah. isn't it? You know, that's the training, that's the kind of ethos that's followed. And it is this sort of, uh, pharmaceutical treatment mm. based yes. care system. Whereas again, tapping into my cycle has, I've had to go and look for other options because yeah. I would go to the doctor with a menstrual health issue and they're like, let's get you on the pill. Let's get you on the IUD. Oh, let's get you on the patch, you know, which is turning off the cycle essentially. Yeah. And it's me. I've had to f go and find, you know, naturopathic nutritionists and the world of social media is amazing. There yeah. is so much information out there about the cycle because that's where it's happening. That's where the conversation is going on. Yeah. And it is shifting. It is. There are amazing progressions, but fundamentally women have been, have been left out of research and yeah. funding isn't there. So we're still learning so much about the cycle. And I'm sure that many practitioners in the medical world are interested and do want to know for their scope of practice so 100%. that they can actually help people. Yeah. Because that's why they started in the first place is to yeah. help people. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I think you're right. Like you said, and you touched on it earlier, like there is definitely a shift happening there. I mean, look at the mm. conversation we're having now mm -hmm. and I can guarantee you that this will be something that people will be very interested in because my God, it's their bodies, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and I think like if you were to have one thing to, or not one, there's probably many things that you would, would think would be important, but what do you think is most important when it comes to teaching the next generation of women about this mm -hmm. entire topic? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure there's the more attuned we become with our body, the more we'll be, be able to better understand ourselves and work in harmony. We've been saying this a few times, but what is the most important thing that you think we should be teaching mm. our little girls? Oh, so many things, <laughs> but essentially we should be teaching them how to track. We should be teaching them how to pay attention to their body so that they can cultivate this intuitive relationship with themselves. And then as they move forward into their life and they're, you know, deciding how they want to live their life, this is an integral part of that, that intention and mm. choice rather than this thing that just has to be put up with and lived with and endured because it isn't, it is, you said earlier, it is this superpower. If you know which part of your cycle you're going to be feeling really abundant and sociable and chatty, and perhaps you're a little bit more articulate and eloquent that day. Like for me, I'm on day two. This is not my time to be talking about things. <laughs> like, you know, this is, I know that between days 22 and 26 is a fantastic time for me to be really? expressing my ideas verbally mm -hmm. because that's just, that's what's available to me. Obviously, I go into very intimate detail with it all, but why wouldn't you? I, then if you need to know, oh, I've got to do a presentation or I'm going to be talking to um, people at work for a meeting, leading a meeting, 
you might not be able to change it, but at least you can be a little bit more mindful around, okay, I know that I might struggle with this that day. So what this practice does is informs you of your needs. So then you can take steps to take care of it. So why are we not taught that from when this cycle starts to happen for us and we're going to move through these seasons, we could acclimatize to that, you know, right from the beginning and then live so much more peacefully and in harmony with ourselves rather than this world of internal struggle and resistance and self-rejection of like, oh, I'm bleeding. I hate my body. You're going to look at yourself depending on where you're at in your cycle very differently. Mm. You know, estrogen, I mentioned earlier about skin, it really plumps up the skin. It smooths it out. Our face is more symmetrical in the mirror when we've got estrogen like really? rising. Yeah. We're happier with our reflection generally. I, I certainly am. Once I've just ovulated, actually, before that, I'm a little bit like, Ooh. I then, feel that too. I feel like I have a specific glow in my skin and a sparkle yeah. in my eye. Mm-hmm. And there are times where I'm like, God, I feel good. Absolutely. I feel really estrogen, good. baby. Yeah. I mean, some oh, people are wow. sensitive to estrogen and not everybody's going to feel, but as a general rule of mm-hmm. thumb, yeah, it, it really lifts you into that. I am ready to be seen and heard. My libido is through the roof. Like, look at me. Exactly. That's exactly. What it is, isn't it? Take it back to nature, babe. Just take it back to nature. Yeah. If you were like an early human walking around, you'd be like, make me. You know, it would be like, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, but it's true, right? It's a hundred percent. That's it. And that is the that's the oh, magic wow. and the power of it. If we learn that. And then again, that that leads us into talking about it. Imagine if we lived in a world where it was just just like you're deciding what we're having for dinner tonight, love, you know, if it was normal for two partners in a relationship to be aware of where they're the, at, the menstruating person or the cycling person is at, because you are not the same every single day of your cycle. You don't need to be the same. This societal pressure to be uniform and linear is what really gets my goat because I, I think back to what I could have known and how I could have chosen to do things. And it's, you know, it's done. I don't regret things, but there is a sadness in me for the loss of that self-connection, that truly beautiful relationship with myself that I have now. Um, So really, you know, the next generations, it's tracking your cycle, get informed so that you don't blindly walk into a doctor's office feeling completely at their, you know, mercy or whatever exactly at their mercy and be like I don't know anything about my body you you can make the decisions for me no 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 and then that sets a precedent for who you're going to be as a person right if you're going to walk through life being like I know myself I know what I need I am powerful and I will not I will not be dampened down because collectively as women this is what we have known since time immemorable you know we have been oppressed Obviously, we live in a different society now and things have really progressed in in wonderful ways. But this to me is an integral piece of us leveling up, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing this conversation into daily conversation so that we can understand each other and live more sustainability. You know, if we can live more compassionately and and, and with empathy for one another, we're going to get on. We're going to get on a lot better. Yeah, no. (laughs) 
So true. It's so, and it's so simple. And like, it, you know, it really is. It's so simple. Like tracking your cycle is, it is so, so simple. simple. You start bleeding, find something. You want to get a fancy diary. It doesn't even cost anything. You know, you don't have to have an expensive app or any kind of kit. You mm. can just write the day of your cycle down, take a moment to just write what you're feeling. It can be as detailed or as brief as you like. And then just look back at it. At the end of the cycle, just look back and see what your experiences were. And then when you've got second cycle, third cycle, 10 years on cycles, yeah, you can see very clearly, oh, this is my rhythm. This makes sense. This is how I take care of myself. And do you believe in, um, like, do you, do you use apps for this or are you just straight pen to paper? Um, yeah, so I have... <laughs> <laughs> How many apps do you have, girl? <laughs> I knew it. This has been a journey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a wonderful cycles journal, actually, which has got all the moon phases in and it's yep. got, it follows astrology and it's very detailed. I don't always record everything in huge detail. It completely depends what's going on in my life. But as a general rule of thumb, I take the time every day just to, to note something down. You know, yeah. I also have an app because when I'm, I'm tuning into menstrual cycle awareness, which is this act of mindfulness and noticing how I feel energetically, emotionally, spiritually, every, every day. But then I'm also tracking my fertility. So I'm looking at those physical signs from my body that say, okay, we're in our fertile window now because this obviously informs my choices and my actions. And when you say tracking your fertility, you don't mean trying to have a bit like I think people think that it's just fertility equates to having a baby yeah. absolutely yeah no obviously you need to be fertile in order to conceive but the reason you can you can also track your fertility to avoid pregnancy to use it as a natural contraceptive yeah um, which is so it's a whole other umbrella term within this big topic of the menstrual cycle. We don't have like enough time for all mm. this. You know, what I mean? we could go on, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have some, I could talk about this for days. Yeah. So fertility awareness method, and there are so many different methods within it. But this is why I use an app. I use Read Your Body, which is amazing. It's uh, it it doesn't like use your information in any dodgy ways, and it is so comprehensive. It's got everything you need to track in there. It's brilliant. So if you're less of a paper and pen kind of person and you want to be like type, 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 uh, because that's easier for you. And that's the other piece I, I, I should stress is do what is easy for you. You're trying to make this a habit. You're trying to cultivate a habit with yourself to take that time every day. So don't make it hard. You know, yeah. we've already got enough going on in the day, enough to remember. Don't, don't make it hard. Yeah. So I use the app because I can plot my body temperature in then. And I like to see, I put my mucus in there as well, but I just like to see this really visual map because essentially in the first half, half of your cycle, your body temperature is lower. Second half of your cycle, you're producing progesterone. So your body temperature rises. Yep. So it's a helper to indicate that ovulation has happened. Yep. And then I can use that to be like, right, cool. I'm, I'm not in my fertile phase. So if I'm going to have sex, I don't need to worry about using protection. Right. Obviously with a partner for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Not just willy nilly. Like, yeah, you know? exactly. Because <laughs> safe is sexy guys. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Disclaimer. Um, <laughs> no, but that's, that's cool. So you use both then you, there's, you use either a pen to paper and an app. Yeah. And I what use was both. the app that you said that was really, really read your body, read your body. Mm, it's okay. really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. And I think, I think, it's just giving people the tools, isn't it? it? It's understanding like there are many different ways that you can track your period mm. and track your cycle. Mm -hmm. And whatever one works for you, 
just lean into that because mm. that's going to be exactly. the easiest option, right? Because um, it's got to work for you. It's got to feel starting a habit is hard, mm-hmm. even if it is just something as simple. Remembering to pay attention. Oh, what day am I on? Do, do I have mucus? You know, it's not easy to do it. We're all flying through life trying to keep up with this pace. Yeah. And girls, mucus is uh, normal because I think a lot of people are like, why is my body doing this? And why does it look different on different days? Yeah, and this is just one of and my probably, favorite topics. <laughs> yeah. But they probably don't even, I mean, some, obviously a lot of women do know what that is and why it's happening to their body, but like, you know, a lot of people don't though. A lot of people, a lot don't. Of people don't. And again, back to the, the shame element. Yeah. I spent Oh man, I I was disgusted by mm. my cervical mucus. Mm-hmm. I remember being like, "What is that? <laughs> I'm leaking." <laughs> I know, like, what's yeah. wrong with me? Yeah, what yeah, if yeah. someone? Oh, what like what would people think of this? And also, does everyone do this, or is this just absolutely, me? absolutely? Because we didn't talk about it, so yeah. it was like, "Oh my god, do my other friends have this going on with their bodies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or is this just me?" Yeah, you know and. We all do, girls. Totally. We all do. And you know what? That cervical mucus is a fantastic sign that your body is doing exactly what it's meant to be doing, that your body is healthy because mm. a healthy body is an ovulating body. That's another key piece. If we aren't ovulating, we're not getting all of those wonderful hormonal benefits from those sex hormones that are integral into the process of ovulation occurring. Yeah. And you're missing out on so much as well as that energetic rise and fall, you know, that, that cycle that happens. Mm. So Re, what is it um, that I want people to understand what you do? So people are, I'm sure this is going to be like very educational for people listening to this, this episode, but if they come to you, what are the services that you can provide people Mm. with and what can you do to help guide them to getting to know their body better and the relationship they have with their menstrual cycles? Yeah. So first and foremost, I'm a fertility awareness method educator. Okay. So I'm a certified teacher to teach you about the hormones at play in your cycle and to teach you how to and what to look out for throughout the menstrual cycle so that you can then use that information as data to understand when you are fertile and when you're not. And what you want to do with that information is personal choice. If you're looking to conceive, you can capitalize on knowing when you're fertile. If you're looking to avoid pregnancy and use it as a natural birth control method, you can you can use that information to do that. Or you just want to understand what's going on with your body. So there's the fertility awareness method side, which is essentially teaching body literacy and teaching you how to track it down. Mm-hmm. That you can then go off on your merry little way and spend the rest of your menstruating years keeping an eye on things. The other key thing to that is that then when something is off or different from your normal pattern, you then know to act on it. Right. If we're just unconsciously flying through life and not paying attention to these things, you might sense something's a bit off. But when you've got that charting down, you can visibly see, oh, I didn't ovulate or my period is completely different or my cycle length is completely different. These are all really important parts Mm -hmm. of this this understanding of the body as an integrated whole and that you are responsible for it you know nobody can tell you what your body is supposed to feel like yes we've got parameters of what's healthy and expected and, and normal but if you have this actual record then you are empowered to say oh I need support now I need to go to a doctor and if you have that record, which is what's happened to me so many times, a doctor saying, I don't think there's anything wrong. Your bloods are normal. You know, sounds like we don't know what this is. It could be in your head, which a lot of people experience when they go 
looking for help around menstrual cycle issues, mm-hmm. you're going to sit there and be like, actually, no, no, this isn't normal for me. And then you're more empowered. You're more empowered to fight for it, which is yeah. what I, I've had to do. And so you help people get there, like to, to understand themselves, right? Yeah. To, to develop that, develop that relationship with their cycle and come to understand what's normal for them. Mm. And really this, this encompasses menstrual cycle awareness anyway, because there's a coaching element to all of that. We have a lot of stigmas, learned beliefs and c- conditioned beliefs about what it is to menstruate, what it is to be a woman, like mm. with a menstruating body. There's a lot of unlayering and it, and then there's yoga. So yeah. I marry the two together because they just complement each other so beautiful, be- beautifully. Yoga is all about peeling back those layers of conditioning mm-hmm. and really getting to the core of who your authentic self is mm. and living, you know, with the mind free of, of, of destructive thoughts or self-limiting beliefs. Both of them work together. And so that that's what I really guide. I yeah. guide people to, to move away from judgment and into curiosity, to start moving towards accepting who they are, because then they, they have a reason for, oh, I just blew up at my partner the other day. Well, hold on, let's look at where you are in your cycle. Ah, okay, you're hormones are plummeting. Well, no wonder you feel like shit. You didn't have breakfast this morning. Like, wow. If you take some steps to take care of yourself, let's see what happens to you next cycle. And perhaps that dynamic is going to start to shift because we all want to live more peacefully, right? 100%. So 100%. Yeah. It's, it's guiding cycling people to a place of a body literacy, understanding what's going on for them, and finding a really healthy relationship with that. Mm, that's amazing. That's amazing. Mm. And if people want to book you, they go through your, how do they get in touch with you? You can find me on Instagram, Hormonal Yogi. And then I've got a link there to my calendar. So cool. So Mm -hmm. cool. Okay. I want to go back. I want you to, if Mm. you could go back to little Ray, what is the most monumental thing that you've learned about yourself since embarking on this journey that would benefit her. Ooh. <laughs> Such a little re. <sighs> little re. I mean, just there are Trish, there are so many things I would love to teach her and show her. I think ultimately what it all comes down to is you are enough. You are absolutely enough, exactly as you are. And to to basically embrace embrace the fact that you are complex and messy and sometimes a little unhinged and that you are hormonal it is not this derogatory thing you are you are nature you are this natural beautiful incredible being with so much potential and here you go here's a compass i'm going to teach you how to track your cycle and you're going to grow into this woman that is only answerable to herself unapologetically and what's better than that wow (laughs) that is that's strong that's powerful Mm, yeah that's amazing imagine if we live that way though i know i know And, and peace people do people do live that way and they are amazing to me i'm still learning 
do not get me wrong. I'm not, oh, I've been tracking my cycle for X amount of years and now I've got it down. I'm still a complete mess. Mm -hmm. I'm a human, you know, I am figuring it out day by day. But what I have now got is this incredible resource to lean into, to anchor me into myself. When the shit hits the fan and I don't feel okay, I can tap back into me and I can trust that I know what I'm doing. I've got me because little Re didn't have her, right? Mm. She, she didn't have that sense of security and safety. Um, and I still don't have that now. I think most of us don't, Mm -hmm. but I don't need, I understand. I don't need to be in control of it all. I can, I can embrace that flow of life, you know, the rise and the fall, the ebbing and the flowing, the waxing and the waning. It is all around us. Yeah. This whole cyclical example that we can be leaning into. And just being gentle with ourselves. Mm-hmm. That, you know, being gentle with ourselves and being kind mm. to ourselves yeah. because compassion, it compassion just, and again. love, mm-hmm. it's all we need. These are the absolute magic ingredients to living in more alignment, living in alignment with who you are, living in your highest self, your highest vibration, whatever it is you want to say, getting the most out of your life, mm-hmm. feeling the best. It's all just the same way of saying, you know, you ultimately want to feel good. You want to make the most of this life. It's precious. Yeah. We don't know what's happening or coming. And no. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. This has been amazing. Amazing. So many, like, just this feels like a hug this conversation because you're so no you're so calming and and you you so you know what you're talking about. You're so confident in in what you're in what you're talking about. And I mean, gosh, believe in it. I I can see that mm. because you you are everything that you, everything that you encompass, you are everything, you are hormonal, hormonal yogi. You believe Mm. in that you live your life that way, Mm. you know? Um, and you know, you're, you're truly leaning into your authentic self and I can see that. I can see that. I'm trying. Uh, (laughs) I'm trying my best. (laughs) Yeah. Well, aren't we all? Absolutely. Aren't we all? And that is all we can do, right? That's all we can do. Mm -hmm. I want to finish this episode off by kind of debunking some myths fun okay that are out there cool so i'm gonna like ring them all off mm-hmm. and you can just say if it's a myth or not mm-hmm. and then we can maybe go back and you can maybe explain them to me is that right cool? oh, that sounds great oh i love this how exciting <laughs> okay all right first first one okay is it true that women when they're together their cycles sink and that they bleed at the same time Mm-mm. myth really Yes, okay. it's it's an age-old one, but, the, well, okay, there's actually no scientific evidence to back that Okay, currently. Okay. But uh, anecdotally, yeah, you hear about it quite a bit. So I'd say from a scientific point of view, it's a myth, but I'm open. Okay. I'm open to it. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, PMS, mm-hmm. is it a real thing or is it in your head? 100% a real thing, 100%, and that's... Um, that's going to be down to your balance of estrogen and progesterone of how you experience that late part of your cycle. But absolutely it's not in your head. And anybody that ever hears that just, it's a, it's a hard no. It's a hard no. Hard no. (laughs) Okay. All right. Here's another one. You shouldn't wash your hair when you're on your period. (laughs) No, total myth. (laughs) I don't even like understand this. It's something to do with water getting into the body and, and I'm sure it comes from, you know, uh, uh, like a culture, but 
yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with washing your hair when you're in a period. In fact, do keep up your hygiene practices even when you're in your period. <laughs> there's another one too that says that you shouldldn't have a bath when you're in your period. Ah, uh, yes. So um, this kind of, again, archaic belief that uh, hot water is going to stagnate the blood or stop the blood. Okay. Uh, stop it from flowing and that you're gonna your womb is gonna fill up with blood and I don't know it would be awful but no absolutely not have a bath on your period if you if you're lucky enough to have a bath get in the bloody bath and enjoy it uh, I've take yeah, that time. well you say that bloody bath I'm, I won't <laughs> lie I've never had a bath on my period re what never why I what no I think <laughs> you need because to go and do this I, right no, now. I think I feel like I don't want to be sitting in a bath of my own blood Oh, that's interesting. I know. Like, would I be? I don't know. So what it, okay, tell me what it is that makes you uncomfortable about oh, seeing your own blood. I, yeah, I, I guess I just I have this visual of being like in a bath of red. Wow. <laughs> I, I, just I feel, don't think you'll fill up a bathtub with blood. And if you do, you need worse. to get yourself to the yeah, hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, 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 true. Yeah, I guess. Like this horror movie scene of yes. just like, mm, but also something in there, hey, of you just being a little bit like, oh, I'm not comfortable with seeing my blood because isn't that what we're taught? We're yeah. taught not to see it. We're taught to be kind of grossed out by it as if yep. it's dirty and to be fearful of it. Whereas actually it's is. So it's just an incredible process that's really helping your body. You want that blood out of there. That needs to happen. There's metals, toxins, old cells, like so much crap you've got to clear out. And if we understood it in that way as this like really beneficial function rather than what, you know, companies and pharmaceutical companies and media have portrayed this understanding of oh it's really gross to bleed and yeah you know we shouldn't you just want to get that tampon out flush it down the loo and off you go like honestly you know, I literally kidding. inspect my blood like I use a moon cup and I will pour it onto my hand I'll have a good look stop I'll make sh- really 100% of course how else am I going to know that, that is- I've had a I'm having a healthy menstrual, a healthy period, a healthy bleed. Oh my God. This is like a whole other topic that we need to have about specifically periods because <laughs> I've never, uh, I've never, never looked at your blood. Hell no. Okay. I'm, I'm going to ask you to invite yourself to do that next time you bleed. Okay. And just sit with what comes up for you. Like, and then call you and say what's normal because I actually don't know what is normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'd want to be... Uh, ideally we're looking for kind of like that really rich cherry red kind of blood okay um if you experience kind of more brown blackish blood that's older blood yeah. you know that's that's perhaps an indication of some stagnation but when we're first bleeding and the first sort of yeah basically it depends on your period length but first few days you really want that nice um flowing and what is it it's between um 40 to 80 mils of blood that's left within uh, that leaves the body within a period so somewhere within that range is what's normal which you can measure with a moon 40 cup. to 80 I think mils what is that in that. teaspoons I actually don't know yeah I see this is probably why I've never used a moon cup as well never mm. and this is something I need to do but I've been scared because yeah. I just don't know what the hell I don't know what size I need and how to put it in and if yeah. it's going to get lost don't know. Definitely won't get lost. No, don't I worry. know, but you know, it's like you, you go back to Mean Girls. It's like I've got a heavy flow and a wide set vagina. I don't know. <laughs> I went there. I went there. I don't know. So glad we got that in. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you feel. 
I just, I, I guess I don't know. I don't know what brand to use. I don't know. Like they, I mm. went and looked once and it was like, what length? And I'm like, I don't know. This is, I'll just go for my normal tampons yeah. that are horrendous for me. Um, but I guess if I was using a moon cup, there's so many perks to it. Like one of them specifically being, um, sustainability. Really it, yeah. Yeah. And also understanding. Then you get an opportunity to actually look at your period blood and make sure things are normal. Yeah. If you suddenly had like bright pink or orange blood, you've yeah. got an infection, something's going on. You know, if you're not paying attention to that, it's going to go and you're just going to move on with life and potentially miss out on yeah. early warning signs of a health issue. This is right? crazy. But because we are taught to, to not do that, to, to have this visceral reaction to it mm -hmm. yeah I mean you just see my body and mm. like when you talked about having a bath on my period I'm like uh, I like I could feel my shoulders go to my ears and really yeah and I, I feel I feel like I'm quite open mm -hmm. like you know I truly yeah, I, I do but then that for some reason I'm just like oh because I've never done it of course and that's it you know that is it you've never done it it's not it's not normalized to do that I understand that I probably sound like the weird one being like, yeah, I totally like get my blood out and have a good old look at it. Some people like to water their house plants with their menstrual blood. Like you can wow. get pretty woo woo with this world. <laughs> yeah. My point is each to your own, do what feels, what resonates with you yeah. and feels meaningful to you because mm -hmm. that's where, that's what really matters. Mm -hmm. But it is so important to mm -hmm. know what's going on with your body and to know what is normal for you. Yeah. Right. You're and not I mean, going to do that if you don't pay attention or if you don't know what to look for. So true. I mean, it's coming from ourselves. So why is there, again, so much shame or embarrassment mm. about it when like, it's only going to be me, myself and I in doing that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. I need to get over that one and I'll, I'll mm -hmm. report back. I'm only on day six, so I'll let you know. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. All right. Another myth. Mm -hmm. Only women bleed. Mm. Uh, yeah, not true. Myth. So go on <laughs> well we have a world of people right yes. it's not just men and women we have trans men and non-binary people who also bleed as well right so you may have been born with um female reproductive anatomy yeah it doesn't necessarily you're going to identify as a woman wow so there are yeah that this is another huge there is so much um room for growth and mm -hmm. education and knowledge in this area we all need to work on getting more informed I definitely do too this is a part of the the menstrual cycle world that I need to learn more about and I would love to engage and to learn from non-binary people or trans men you know to understand their experiences because a whole other group of people who are silenced and wow. just don't have a platform or a voice and aren't seen you know like I hadn't even thought of it Mm. Okay. Next one. Mm -hmm. You can't get pregnant on your period. Is that a myth or is that true? Mm -mm, it's a myth. So, it's a myth. Yeah, it's a little complex. Really? I'll try yeah. to like. <laughs> <laughs> God, okay. I'll try to summarize it briefly. But um, but again, this is where fertility awareness methods can really help you to like understand the functioning of everything. Okay. So, okay. When sperm enters the body. If your fertile mucus is present, that sperm can survive for up to five days. Okay. And we have this kind of um, 
what's the word? We have this sort of visual, I think, again, from school and our sex education of sperm gets through the vagina and it's go. Like off it goes for the egg. Race, <laughs> we, race, 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 race. We saw the videos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, saw, we saw the animations. Let's exactly. Be yeah. You know, these kind of just like speedy sperm. They are speedy, 100%, just making a beeline for that egg. And that might happen, but also they've got to get through the cervix, which is the neck of the womb before we open up into the uterus. Yep. And in the cervix are these little crypts, these kind of like little chambers. And this is where the cervical mucus is made under the influence of estrogen and progesterone. Right. If estrogen is the dominant hormone, especially towards peak levels, that mucus is going to be more fertile, meaning it can nourish and sustain sperm, which is how they can live in it for up to five days. Right. What they can also do, these nifty little spermies, is they can crevice into those cervix and sort of hibernate, sort of hang out, because the egg might not have been released yet, you know? Right. When that egg is released, it's sort of viable for 12 to 24 hours, and that's the speedy bit. That's There's this signaling that goes on in the body. We don't fully understand this, but those sperm that could be kind of waiting, waiting for this egg to come out, yeah. then it, the body will know. And so this, it will communicate and the sperm, the sperm will make their way towards the egg then. So if you're bleeding, if you're on your menstruation, obviously you've got, you've got all kinds of things coming out. It's not just blood, you know, yeah. it's endometrial shedding, it's vaginal sloughing and, um, and mucus too. So you might miss that if you've started the process of developing those follicles and producing estrogen and getting those eggs ready to release, you might miss that that window has started for you. So if you have a penis and vagina intercourse and yeah. sperm ejaculates into the vagina, then like I've said, that sperm can survive there, it can wait, and it could then reach the egg within that five-day period if that egg is released at some point. Wow. And so technically create pregnancy you can yeah so you may have then stopped bleeding but your egg might have just been released so right. yeah so here's another one uh and i didn't have this one written down but i'm just thinking of it too because i've heard a lot of women say oh when i'm breastfeeding i can't get pregnant yeah that's that's not true uh, when you're breastfeeding you're producing another hormone prolactin which suppresses ovulation so in theory, yeah, it stops that brain ovary communication happening so that the body then doesn't grow an egg and release it yeah and in order to get pregnant, you have to have sperm, fertile mucus, and an egg. So if, when you're breastfeeding, it, it suppresses that function, basically. But as you move or wean away from breastfeeding, it, it, you can then start your cycle again. That is why you have to sort of air with some caution around that right. time, because we we cannot predict, this is another thing to do with apps, if an app is telling you it will predict your ovulation and tell you exactly when, that is not true. The only way that we know ovulation has actually happened is pregnancy, uh, a successful pregnancy. Right. Or if we have an, uh, an ultrasound. Really, we're going through a window of time to give our best estimate, which is why paying attention to your cycle, yeah. knowing your cervical mucus, looking at your body temperature is all this... Um, it's this holistic approach to understanding the the kind of the rhythm and to know when that fertile time is happening mm -hmm. and then you make your choices right yeah that makes so much sense because i've i have friends who have 
you know, fallen pregnant right mm-hmm. after they've started to wean off because they haven't had another period, but they probably were just having yeah. the first ovulation. It, yeah, absolutely. I think it's it quite was. common. Right. Yeah. And until the cycle is then back into a rhythm and you're seeing those patterns again. Yeah. Because it takes time. It takes time for the cycle to re the cycle yeah. is on a continuum. So it's always good. It's going to remain largely the same, but like I said earlier, yeah. things in life are going to impact it. Having a baby is one of those things. So yeah. not only the breastfeeding um, act afterwards, but it just takes time for your body to recalibrate again. Yeah, you know, there's all of these things, and that's why daily observation and awareness is, is so the key. key. Mm. Yeah. All right. Last myth: mm. painful periods are normal. Mm-mm-mm. no painful periods are not normal actually they're very common but they're not normal and we've also we've got yeah we've got diseases like endometriosis which causes prolifically painful periods that's kind of a thing in itself um but somebody with a a healthy ovulating body who's having menstruation, if they're, ex- if they're experiencing extremely painful periods, there's a hormonal imbalance there, most likely too much estrogen or an estrogen excess in the body. So that, that needs to be looked at. That is an indication from your body that things need a bit of attention. Yeah. Something isn't quite right. Uh, but we've learned to live with it because we live with pain, don't we? It doesn't mean that pain is normal or should be accepted. It's just incredibly common. Really? Mm. Yeah, I mean, some I, mild cramping is to be expected, okay, yeah. but like you know, debilitating pain where people aren't functioning and yeah. can't go to work or or just do what they need to do for themselves that day. Yeah, that's that's not that's not ideal, and things can be done to support that. And we don't have to live like that. Wow. I used to live that way, and you can to... assist with that. Like you can help people. See, mm-hmm. That's amazing. This has been so just unreal to have this conversation Mm -hmm. because this is the reason why I started this podcast. I want to have open and honest and real conversations where people can learn and feel empowered Mm. and be inspired. And also where my hope is that, you know, if someone's listening and maybe they've been too scared to have this conversation with a doctor or Mm. themselves, honestly, that they'll have learned something. They can take it away with them and it will better their lives Mm. um, just by simply getting to know themselves a little bit better. But also that, like, I want to say that if any of you don't know um, that you, if you don't have someone to talk to or you want to learn more, like Re is incredibly um, knowledgeable on this, on this topic. And I just, I'm really excited about everyone who has got to know you a little bit in this last hour. Mm And who can, um, who will reach out to you. And I know that you will, you're going to, and probably already have changed and inspired and helped so many people just getting to coming home to themselves in, in the way that, um, you know, this has helped you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks Trish. Well, thank you so, so much. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like this is the first conversation we're going to have because I feel that there were so many topics within Mm, it it is it's an absolute labyrinth of (laughs) amazing conversation points and I I'm not kidding I talk about this all the time I'm obsessed with it it's it's just it's so interesting to Mm. me it is so but just quickly back to um younger re the thing that amazed me when I tapped into menstrual cycle awareness was 
I thought, wow, like I am a really curious person. So that is the power of societal conditioning and patriarchy and this capitalist system, this framework that we're kind of all forced to be a little bit unconscious in, you know, and if we had been able to tap into that curiosity earlier on, it just would have had monumental effects. So not just women who are wherever they're at along their reproductive stage, children as well, everybody. It is, it's just so impactive and I cannot stress enough the value that's held within it all. Um, and yeah, it, it just makes me really see, like, if you don't make that choice, if you don't hold yourself accountable to be like, I'm going to learn, I'm going to empower myself, no one's going to do that for you. Like, that, that's not going to happen. So yeah, it's, it's incredible. And I'm, I just, if people walk away and all they do from, from even listening to this or ever having a conversation with me is just start to pay a little bit more attention that is going to manifest into something really powerful at some point for them. I really believe that. I do too. Mm. And I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. Thank you so much, Trish. All right. Flourish with Trish is an original podcast hosted by me, Trish. It's produced by my father, Richard Johnson, from his home studio in Ontario, Canada. The music was also composed and produced by my incredibly talented dad, who, like my mom, has always encouraged me to follow my dreams. Thanks, mom and dad.